everyone. So today we're really lucky again. We have Alice Deering here with us and she is one of the best open water swimmers that the world has. So she's done lots of different things with her career. She started off at a junior level um, in about 2014. She was world junior open water champion. Um, she then went on, achieved lots more. She got bronze in the Europeans in 2015. And in 2016, she actually became the 10K World Open Water Champion. So fantastic result there. And she's now gone on to her senior career as well. So um, in 2015 and 2019, she's competed at the World Aquatics Championships, the Open Water Championships. But it's not just swimming that Alice is about. She's also studying at Loughborough University, doing her social media and political communications degree. And really excitingly in 2019 i think it was in december she got nominated by the telegraph um, as one of the top 50 women who have made an impact within their sport which is really really impressive so thank you so much for being here with us today alice how are you yeah thanks no thanks for having me and i'm good thanks yeah i'm keeping well <laughs> good, good awesome so how have you been coping with the lockdown alice what have you been getting up to any time for any extra hobbies or you still <laughs> To be honest, I haven't been doing much different, obviously, apart from being out of the water. Um, and in that sense, I've kind of like, um, I've been going on an exercise bike, been doing just general land work at home. I've made like a living room gym, I suppose. I've just been doing that. <laughs> and But other than that, I've just I've kind of kept everything the same. I've been playing a lot of video games, which I did anyway. And I've had uni work to get on with. I've had various other bits to do around um, like my career like outside of swimming and stuff like that so I've just kind of kept everything the same I haven't actually picked up anything new which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> well you were just telling us uh, yeah each to their own you were just telling us before we started recording that you're actually got more social now than, than normally. normally <laughs> isolated and now probably non-stop. So where are you staying in that now what's your situation with that? Yeah, I'm currently living with my boyfriend and his parents at their house in Surrey. And um, yeah, like I, it's, it's more social in the sense that um, I'd normally just like kind of be in my room all day at uni, like doing work, sleeping, video games. And I'd see my, I would see my housemates and chat to them. I'm not a hermit, but like <laughs> now I'm just like, cause I'm just around the house and stuff. Like I talk to, I just, I'm talking to them more. And like, I, I talk to people more every hour, if that makes sense. So I'm actually become more social, which is probably the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the opposite problem that everybody else is having right now. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So on to your swimming career a little bit more. Obviously, we all know that Tokyo has now been postponed. So what happens for you now with that? Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a blessing, I think, personally. Um, like, I'm at the younger end of my, like, event age. So, like, the peak age for open water women's, like, I think 24 or so. So that works quite well in my favour that I'll be more towards the peak range when I get to the event, hopefully, if I qualify. But anyway, I was literally meant to be qualifying if, every, if this didn't all happen in about two weeks from now, two or three weeks. But obviously that's all been canceled. It's been pushed back another year. And um, the qualification for the marathon race will be the 29th or the 30th of May, 2021. And then I don't, I don't know when the race is, but 
yeah that, that'll be that'll be it and um just got another year to train and prepare for it basically which is like that's very fortunate that that's happened because if they tried to put the olympics on when it was supposed to be there'd be no chance anybody would be fit enough to do like 100 meters let alone a marathon so yeah, <laughs> it was the right decision <laughs> yeah. where was the race you were supposed to be competing in um it's meant to be in fukuoka in japan and i think it still will be next year which is also where worlds is going to be it's now Worlds 2022, but it was going to be Worlds 2021. So I think it's like the same. I'm guessing it's like the same venue and stuff. Okay. So, um, yeah, obviously, we've just had some news out from British Swimming yesterday, I think it was, um, about sort of, you know, gradually phasing in return to pools, swimming, leisure centres and all of that kind of stuff. Um, where, where do you sit with that? Have you heard anything? Um, no, yeah, I, I'm anxiously waiting to find out if I'll be one of the first athletes to be allowed back into the water. I've messaged the open water lead and um, they, I think the discussions were happening this morning and I'll hopefully find out soon and then I imagine British Swimming will release the swimmers who are on it. But um, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm on it or um, if I'll be one of the few. So I hope so, but like I'm being was it hopeful but realistic maybe because it depends um if they've got if they've only got a certain number of spaces um it will obviously go to the athletes who they're looking to medal at the olympics and stuff so obviously i want to medal myself don't get me wrong but like um but it, you know the, the, the way the whole like system works that's that's just how it works and that's um that's how things go but yeah hopeful yeah <laughs> Okay. Is there any way you guys, uh, open water swimmers, can train open water now? Is, there, is that an option for you guys? Um, yeah, the government has said you can, but um, I've, I've heard there's not a lot of lifeguards out, and right. um, like venues are still saying to that they'll stay closed and that they, there won't be people supervising them. So, like personally, I'm not planning on doing it. Um, it's probably too cold for me at the moment. Anyway, I'm definitely not a cold water swimmer. But um, yeah, it might, be, it might be too cold. The shock um, can be horrible. And if you don't know how to cope with that, I, I really don't recommend getting into open water swimming now. Now, I think um, Kerry-Ann said a really good statement about it. Like, now's not the time to pick up a new sport like that, especially open water swimming, because it, it, it is quite dangerous in some aspects and you need guidance around it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very experienced and I won't be doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that from Kerry-Ann actually a, a day or two ago. Um, and yeah, I felt like it was quite sensible, especially people have got more time on their hands. And if the weather's good, they think, oh, great. What a great idea. That's, you know, yeah. And she, she was saying, like you said, cold water shock is a really serious thing. I don't think people realize even with a wetsuit, it can still mm. affect you. Um, yeah. About lifeguards and everything. Else. And the last thing we want to do right now is put the pressure on the NHS. So. Yeah, I think for you guys as professionals in the sport uh, to be saying that is is very profound. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So you're quite motivated for next year then. It's it's good that this has sort of worked out. It's made you more social and you've got more time to train. <laughs> Ready for next yeah. year. Did you initially have a bit of a, a lacking motivation with the walking and all that kind of stuff? Or did you feel like you still got plenty of time ready for next year? still a blessing you think right from the off or was it a bit it was yeah I really struggled initially I'm not gonna lie like um especially because 
when we first got locked down, we didn't know anything about the Olympics being changed yet. Obviously, it was all being called for, but I remember like the first or second day that it, it happened that we uh, that we got locked down, the Olympic organising committee or the Prime Minister of Japan, one of them was like, "Oh, the Olympics are going ahead this summer," and in my head, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I've got qualification in eight weeks. I like I can't train. I'm I, I was at the best point in my swimming career as well. I was training really well. I was in a really good um, mindset about absolutely everything in my life, and it really knocked me back that, like, I wasn't. I questioned myself whether I'll be able to get into the same mind frame again because I'd really like dialed up to one hundred to just make sure I'd done absolutely everything to get me to to the games potentially, and to I questioned myself as like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can bring myself back up to that point if I need to and then like two weeks rolled around and the Olympics were postponed the qualification race was postponed and I just gave my mind a rest I was like you know what it's absolutely nothing you can do right now it's literally completely out of your hands you've done absolutely everything you can just give yourself a break you don't need to put pressure on yourself right now and that's basically what I told myself and I, I arrived at a really good place with it now like um, I'm excited to be back in the water whenever I can but I'm um, I'm just going to be like, I'm, I'm back in when I am. I, there's nothing I can do again in that sense. I just need to go with the flow, accept what's happening. And um, I've just become quite relaxed about it all now and kind of grateful for the time to help sort out certain things in my life that I needed to put more time into but didn't have the time to do. And I think I'm in a really good place. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. good to hear. I was really interested to hear that you felt like your initial thought wasn't, I'll not be able to get back into this physical form. But the mental mental form that mental place mm. we i think people might think that are not athletes so that's kind of a given that's an easier thing to do is the missing the training that would be the, the physical training mm. what had got you to such a good mental place leading into what was going to be the your trials this year oh that's a good question yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i was just i was really enjoying it i i was just i was training well i really committed to wanting to go to the Olympics. Like, um, I've always been, I've always been tried to be one of those cool swimmers that are like, oh, I'm not that bothered about swimming. Like, I always pretended to be that. But this lockdown really made me realize that I, I really enjoy it and really do love the sport. And I never thought that's something that I'd admit, to be honest. It sounds really bad, but um, it's really, it's been a really good wake up call for me and like a blessing in disguise to show me that I really do want to do this. And before that, I was just, I was really enjoying it. Um, I'd like, uh, I suppose we'll get onto it in a bit, but um, around the Black Swim Association and like using my voice to help get like absolutely everybody into swimming, like anybody, any colour, race, background, whatever. We want to get everybody into swimming. And I'd really found like a good purpose in that. And it's given me a more, a more positive view on the sport that I can help make an impact to it instead of rather being just involved in it. I can help influence it in a way is what I've kind of like rationalized in my head. And then because of that, I wanted to get better. So I had more profile for myself and could show people what can be done in the sport, if that makes sense. So it was kind of like a chain reaction that kept going around in my head and just kept enjoying it more. Yeah. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, so we will get on to um, about the, the Black Swimming Association 
and everything around that that, you, that you're doing. Um, but for you and your own career at the moment as a professional athlete, do you still have that goal of being the first black swimmer for Great Britain at the Olympic Games? Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, it's it's difficult because I'm kind of like I'm like yeah, that's such like a cool like bit of history to be a part of, I guess. But at the same time, like I wish I wish it didn't have to be me <laughs> because obviously <laughs> there's <laughs> like so much has came with it, so much absolutely tons of positivity but also a little bit of negativity um and like it's difficult because i don't want to be remembered as um the first black um swimmer for britain at the olympics like i don't really want that um i kind of wish my race wasn't a factor in it but at the same time i have to recognize that it is a factor in it due to the way black people are viewed not only in swimming but also view themselves in swimming like you talk to a general normal black person they'll either say black people don't swim or I don't swim or you just um, black people sink when they get in the water something around that and um, I just think I have a point to prove by saying like look this is a sport for everybody it's you don't have to cancel yourself out of it because of your skin color yeah. definitely definitely I mean it's obviously a subject that's really close to your heart and you're really passionate about so you are involved with the Black Swimming Association. Can you tell us a little bit about that and you know, where your involvement lies within it as well? Okay, cool. It's, um, it's basically, there's currently four of us. Um, we all like, founded it together back in like, November, I think. And then we went public in March. Like, I did a big press release around it. It's basically um, just promoting welfare of the welfare and inclusion of everybody in swimming. We have called it the Black Swimming Association because it's, it is a striking name. It, it's, it just, it's kind of like, oh, okay, it kind of hits you in the face. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the best way to describe it. It hits you in the face. And um, we've got a point to prove around it. We are not just looking for black people, which I think some, both black and white people have tried to criticize us on. For example, we have a, picture of a black man being taught how to swim by a white person on the website and somebody messaged us being saying that we should have just black people but that's not the point we don't like we're not looking to include um disclude anybody from the sport we're just making the point that black people at the moment need a lot more help around getting in the water and getting knowledge on the sport and or just the general activity of swimming because the statistics oh my god i try, I try to recall them now I think it's like 90% of black adults don't swim and 80 or 85% of black children don't swim and these are these are really high numbers and we just need to make people aware that swimming is a sport that can literally save your life but also have great benefits to it fitness um personally from my perspective I've, I've made a career out of it teaching coaching like it's like as you both know it's it's huge and it can really help impact people and i just don't want people to think it's not for them because of their race yeah sure i mean it, it's a life-saving skill like regardless of it being a sport it is a life-saving skill yeah. i always say to kids in assemblies that i do it's one of the only well it is the only sport i think that can save your life so it's important to know how to do it and like you say the numbers are quite shocking of adults and children mm -hmm. that aren't able to swim do you think it is a like a cultural um a cultural issue that that affects that or is it something yeah else? like is there lots of different factors maybe 
yeah there, there are loads of factors i i culture is always the one i go to first because um i'll always say it's like a generational issue it's been ingrained into black people that swimming isn't for them I, it's probably started like back in the 50s 60s especially in america where like swimming pools weren't for black people you weren't allowed to go swimming if you were black and then it trickles down into things like we had someone right into the practicing association who was a swimming teacher in the 70s 60s or 70s and he was told to um, tell, uh, like, push black people away from swimming and into athletics because it wasn't for them. And I mean, if you're told that as a, a young person, age 12, back in the 60s, that swimming's not for you, you haven't learned to swim. You, you might not put your child into swimming. They might not put their children into swimming. And this is where we've ended up with this huge issue of um, like, acrophobia in adults being trickled down into their children. Mm. and black people thinking i haven't had to need, i haven't had a need to swim in my life my children don't need it and it's it's an understandable train of thought but also it's also a very dangerous one because i mean there's like going to the beach like you just can't you basically can't go in the water if you don't know how to swim it'd be terrifying for you and uh, it's just it's little things like that it's just it's not fair to impose such a view onto a whole generation of people and marginalise them in that way. And then, um, sorry, I've just got that. This is it ended up being a really long answer. But also, there's economical issues, like um, um, generally in like inner city inner city areas, um, black people, ethnic minorities might not have enough money to put their children into swimming. And if they haven't learned at school, the, the chances are they won't pick up on it in later life. Um, hair's also a topic that um, I get asked about a lot. Like, obviously, I've got an afro and I swim. It's not the easiest thing in the world. I'm not going to pretend it is, but like, <laughs> I, like I was going to actually like, ask you about that. How how do you cope? Because you're how do you look yeah later? <laughs> it's it's um, yeah. It's just I literally just plait it, or if I don't plait it, I'll just put loads of product in it. Like, I'll always tell people it's honestly not that difficult. Like. I'm quite a low maintenance person in that way. Like I, I can't really be bothered with how I look sometimes. And so well, I suppose that's a swim thing, but um, I just, if, if I can cope with it, trust me, anybody else can cope with it. There's like the special hats out there now um, that cater for larger hair um, and like they are easily accessible and there's loads of different kinds as well to be able to protect your hair when you go swimming. I personally don't use them because at Loughborough we have to use a certain swimming cap. But I mean, I still manage with that fine, even when it's like this big. So yeah. <laughs> we just come back from a, a school in Angola. Um, there's obviously wow. a black swimmers out there. And uh, one of the, the swim teachers that uses the pool, he had like massive dreadlocks, like right the way down to the bottom of his back. <laughs> so he had, yeah, one of those extra, like a swimming cap raster hat though <laughs> yeah yeah his hair into yeah, it that was really funny that. to see yeah, yeah. that was you yeah, it's colored as well which made it even better oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah you can get these extra extra large hats i guess to sue everybody um yeah it's a really interesting topic i assume that once you got into this this was something you had to do a lot of research and learn a lot about like you're just saying the people you mentioned back in the 60s 70s Cheap people didn't know the history and things. Um, I mean, it's quite interesting. Whereas these days, we have got people like Simone Manuel, like Olympic champions. In fact, mm -hmm. The other day, that um, Nathan, not Nathan Adrian, Anthony, Anthony Irving, Irving 
it was actually mixed race, which I never, I didn't realise that at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. uh, He's got um, nat Native American. Some Native um, American, I think. And, on um, one of his, you know, his father's yeah. maternal, paternal side. Yeah. Who was, because um, I've always sort of looked up to him, so he was an Olympic champion, he was very young, took a long time away from the sport, and then he came back as the oldest ever swimming Olympic champion of 36 in Rio, so, yeah. Um, and the end of the as well. Didn't know that either. Um, yeah. For all these sort of, these athletes out there uh, that's sort of breaking that stereotype, like you said before, that oh, it's not for us. Like go and do athletics. Um, yeah. So how we how was the black um, association? So it's called Black Swim Association. Promoting <laughs> uh, this message. What are you doing to encourage? Um, is it just mainly focused on adults, or is it on children, or is it everybody? Yeah. Like, are you heading into schools or anything, or? Yeah, yeah, there's, we've got loads in the pipeline that's obviously all been set back because of COVID, but um, I've, I think they've had loads of schools asking me to go in and talk. We're looking to set up dry swimming clinics. Um, yeah, basically, I think targeting children, but then also we have to make the point of addressing adults as well. So we are going like the whole age range and across the whole spectrum. Like, for example, you've got me at like the top, top end of sport, I suppose. And then one of the other co-founders is literally still learning to swim. He's um, he's like he's a grown man. I, I don't I don't want to guess his age. But, um, he's a grown man still learning to swim. <laughs> Just in case I get it wrong, you might be offended with me. But um, yeah, Just go so, um, yes, yeah, let's say <laughs> He's still learning to swim. So we have we literally everybody like involved in it. The four of us we have very different perspectives on sport, which I think is such a blessing because um, like we can just learn from each other and know what the um, community requires around this. But yeah, we're looking to go into schools, um, talk to like different groups of children, um, especially in High Bane areas in London, Birmingham to start with, and just educate on the, the need for water safety and hopefully just get some engagement with it and hopefully inspire some kids to get into the, uh, into the activity let alone the sport um just learning to swim basically get your 25 meter badge or something like and then hopefully they'll tell their parents and their parents will be like oh i want to give it a try and but yeah um there's a lot going on around it and i think we've got a partnership with swim england as well at the moment and the sta and so yeah so like it's a lot <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing though, it's brilliant. Yeah, so you mentioned at the start, the dry, dry swimming. Dry swimming sessions. Dry swimming. Mm. How do they work? Yeah, yeah I think, it's, um, I don't, I, I haven't been involved in that side of it, to be honest. I'm like the lead ambassador around it. So looking at like relations with other athletes and um, like the kind of the brand side of it. But I think with the dry swimming, what that is, is literally displays people what to do for example if you get to a beach and like what does this flag mean if you see that on the beach what what do you do if there's no lifeguard um at swimming pools like it sounds odd i suppose it's odd for like coming from a swimming perspective but there's certain things at the swimming pool that you, we just know about but the people might not be aware of and like i know from an open water perspective I, that's definitely I had a bit of a wake up call with that like the, the knowledge that I have around it is isn't like specialist knowledge it's not general knowledge mm. and um, I think for young children as well who 
they might not be doing like you're meant to swim at school but some of them don't um I, I don't know how that doesn't happen but it doesn't and um just teaching them around like this is what happens at swimming pools i think especially with beaches as well and like lifeguarding and just protecting themselves with swimming when when they go somewhere that has water i think oh. <laughs> if that makes yeah, sense yeah, that makes sense yeah, yeah we were just thinking like oh practically how how would you do that like, oh right yeah no, no. yeah it's more like sense. um what goes on around swimming i don't think it's actual like um like physical swimming so how did obviously you've said that a lot of people are um you know deterred from going swimming um because like you said that that coach in the was it in the 70s said like used to redirect people to to athletics. Mm. how did you get involved with swimming was it just that your your parents you know really encouraged you to do it and you loved it or you know what made you kind of take that leap forwards into swimming okay so i was learning to swim at the like local swimming pool doing the council lessons and my mum saw the notice board for the local swimming club and she just like called them or emailed them or something and put me and my brother in on sessions with them and we did like two or three sessions a week and I think we absolutely loved it. We got really into it, like really key little, like we, we turned up to every session like 20 minutes early, like really key. And um, we just absolutely loved it and like really fell in love with it. And it was a shame for my brother because um, he got into it when he was 13 and I was eight at the time. And that's like, it seems quite old to get into swimming because obviously you've missed like key years of development or, and stuff. So he didn't progress to a high level as me, but he was really, he got into teaching and coaching and was really good at that. And that's the part that I can never do. Like I, I can't explain to someone how to swim. Like I just can't do it. But um, he was really good at that and he got into that side. But then I carried on with swimming and progressed to the elite level. And just, um, it's, it's like, sorry, going back to the race thing, I never really noticed that, um, like I was different sometimes, like sometimes it slaps me in the face, but generally I didn't notice. I was just like a swimmer on poolside. Mm. But then I had like a few like instances where um, other people didn't see me the way I saw myself, which that's just how it goes sometimes. But, um, and yeah, my mum just kept encouraging me. Like I think every swimmer has those highs and low highs and lows where I think at least once a year I wanted to quit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but um, she really encouraged me to keep going because she knew how much I loved it and what I'd, how lost I'd be without it, I think. Because, she, like she said, even when in some holidays, I'd get so bored at home without swimming. So I was always like, oh, why does she keep encouraging me? But it makes, like, it's just, it was a no-brainer now, now looking back on it. Like, she obviously could see something I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's, yeah that's great i mean when you were younger or even kind of still now who do you see as your role models who do you look up to oh my god okay <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, um Sarie, oh my god she swam at for a bit swedish sprinter therese, therese yeah oh my god i loved her when i was younger it's really <laughs> ironic because I've ended up going into the complete opposite end of the sport into like distance swimming. And she yeah, was doing she was like, a sprinter, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just like, I really liked the way she held herself when she came out for races and stuff. Like I just, I really liked her. And um, like I said, we were really keen. So we watched absolutely 
every like every championship that was on TV at the time, Europeans, commies, everything that was on Eurosport swimming, we would watch. And I just remember watching her and just like just falling in love with like the way she swam and like how she was because she was really smiley. Um, but um, yeah, I've had, I think she was the main one that I'll always bring up because when I was younger, like I looked up to her and I was like, oh, I just I want to be like her. Obviously, I'm not like her now because I can't sprint. <laughs> <laughs> but you can keep going. So. <laughs> and she's about six foot two or something as well. <laughs> really... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, could it could it be more opposite? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just for kind of those at home that might be really interested in taking open water swimming further, like yourself, you don't have to be big or muscly or anything. I mean, you're not, are you? I mean, how tall are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like five, four and a half, five to five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm petite. I am one of the more petite open water swimmers. But honestly, like, it is, it, anybody can do it. You have women who are six foot plus, some who are like my height, but like uh, stockier, I guess, like stronger than me. I'm obviously um, very petite, not just height, but also frame wise. But like, you literally get every single body type in open water swimming. And if you look at the top 10, there's no, there's no cookie cutter body shape to be. And um, I think that's the beauty of it, especially, I, I don't know if you've seen that chart, but it's like the women's, uh, the men's and women's heights for the 50 to the marathon race. And you just see it gradually decline, <laughs> decline down for the average height. I'll see if I can dig it up and send it to you. Yeah. I, I can't remember. It was on Twitter somewhere, but you just see it gradually decline. And um it's just it's nice to know that like swimming's always marketed as a sport for the tall and the strong but like I really don't think that's the case anymore like um they, they, Hannah Miley's always the example isn't she of being the petite swimmer and she's phenomenal like it's it, I really think it's for everybody and it sounds corny but it really is so yeah <laughs> no you're right I totally agree and I think the thing with swimming the beauty of it is that because it's non-weight bearing you're in water it's not how strong you are in comparison to other people it's how strong you are in relation to your own weight and things like that yes what you're yeah. through the water the resistance that the water is then offering you because of your your size otherwise so i feel like your strength is you know it, it's not comparable at all to other people so when you're kind of mm. looking at how big other people's muscles are compared to yours it makes absolutely no exactly. sense at all. yeah that's a really good yeah. idea we do get a lot of swimmers and sometimes parents coming up oh, they're just too tall, should they stop swimming? They're like, they're not tall enough type of thing. And you're like, well, no, like, obviously not. Like, right. you can always find those examples of, you know, not fitting into the mould, like you said. So, uh, so yeah, that yeah. is, yeah. Um, I just want to go back to the, uh, like, Swimming Association. I just wondered how it's going. Obviously, things are in lockdown now, it's slowed it down. Mm. You guys have been running since, you say, March, is that of this year? March, yeah um we went like public in march of this year but then we've been running since oh my god i think we, we came up with a name and everything about october november time okay. but um yeah it's no it's running really well we have we have weekly meetings we've all got stuff like to do we've got individual tasks behind the scenes and stuff and it's difficult because everybody else has full-time jobs um right. i mean I, I don't have a full-time job myself but i'm a student i'm swimming like um, one of them's a journalist, one of them's a full-time mum, like it's a lot going on for everybody but um, we always find the time to sit down and do all this stuff and like 
it's it's non-profit like we haven't made one penny from what we're doing or the hours that we put in but it's a genuine love and passion to want to improving people's quality of lives and like helping make a change to people because um i just like i can't imagine my life without swimming so i don't want to imagine other people's lives without swimming if that, that makes sense <laughs> no that's beautiful yeah. yeah so what what do people need to do if they want to like learn more get involved like what where is there anywhere they can go or follow you in your journey oh cool yeah um the black swimming association we have our website it's the bsa i think it's .co.uk but if you type in black swimming association on google we'll come up um we're on instagram and twitter as well so black swimming association and then also i'm i'm on instagram and twitter i'm just Alistearing. but yeah if you want to get involved um go follow the black swimming association um and just like keep up to date with everything we've got going on and then there's also a section on the website where you can email us and if you have any stories around anything and if this doesn't just have to be black people it's black white asian absolutely anything if you've got anything around diversity or inclusion within swimming we'd love to hear your stories because um we're not just looking at black people i know the name's black swimming association but we're not just looking at black people um we we also want to look into like the clash the class issues that are involved within swimming for example um like i have a very close friend who comes from a very working class background in middlesbrough and he's like he credits absolutely everything to his parents getting getting him into swimming because he would have ended up um like messing around on the council estate not doing much with his life but swimming helped get him to university and now he's a, a like a well-paying job in london and it's stories like that that we want to hear and showcase to display that swimming can impact your life in a very positive way that's fantastic brilliant and i think that's a really nice note to actually leave leave that on people can go and find out more um where you've just said um so yeah i mean thank you so much for to, for today Alex. It's really nice to speak to you and really interesting hearing you know your thoughts around everything and what you're doing outside of swimming as well yeah yeah thank you very much yeah people follow alice give her a follow and uh, yeah, get involved with everything she's been talking about. Thank you very much. Thank you. And best of luck thank you. for your training and for Tokyo next year. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Bye. Nice. Bye. <laughs>